Please turn your Bibles to John chapter 7. We will finish this chapter today, whatever it takes. So, <laughs> John chapter 7, I'm going to remember again, there's been a lot going on in the life of Jesus up to this point. John skips over a lot of his ministry just to get to the places, because this gospel was written after the, the synoptics. Um, and so John was approaching this in a different way, and also he didn't want to repeat too many things that were already said. So he just he he basically started in a place where nobody else started, and then he he fast tracked past a whole lot of events to the other side because he wanted to let us know and let the people at the time know why Jesus was crucified um, and all the the events that led up to it. Also in that all the things that he said to show that he was the Messiah. Um, and so that's why this gospel is, is uh, I, I think it's one of the best uh, of the four. I love this the most. Uh, I love the others too, okay, but I said the most. All right, <laughs> okay. Uh, the others have some tremendous um, situations that are brought out, like the Roman centurion and so on, which he doesn't. So we are thankful for all the other gospels. All right, but John is very interesting in that he lets us know that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I really like that. And then all through this gospel, that's what he's reiterating over and over again, that God came down in human form, and all the things he did showed us that he was God. But not only that, I really love John. I mean, if we were to go to the, all the way to the end, we'd know it is in this gospel in John chapter 14 and verse 12, I believe, that he says that whoever believes in me, the works that I do shall he do also, and she as well, and greater works than these shall they do. Amen? So, you know, this is what's so wonderful about this gospel, because it brings that aspect out, and it lets us know, and this is the only gospel that actually says that. You know, all the others talk about Jesus saying, you need, you need to do the same things I'm doing, but this gospel brings out that he actually went one step further and said, you need to do more. Hallelujah. And so all of this is leading to all of that, and, you know... I need you to get a hold of this. Now, Jesus has come to the Feast of Tabernacles. And remember again that Jesus stood up at a very opportune moment. Just when the priest is pouring the water. And he says, come to me all that thirst. I will give you. He, he called himself the water of life. Amen. Because so, they're all looking at this. The whole ceremony is about him. The whole thing is about him. He's standing there. Isn't this silly? And, the, you know, they're doing all this stuff in celebration of what God was going to be doing. And there was God right in the midst of them doing the thing. And so we, we've got to a place where now he has said so much and his words are anointed. See, it's not just the words. It's the anointing that follows the words. Are you all with me? That's why we don't just preach. You know, we don't get up here and tell stories. We preach the gospel. We minister life. And so he has been doing that. And it has, the crowd has been, is being affected by it to such a degree, or ha, I was going to say has been affected by it to such a degree that we pick up in verse 31 now. All right, and it says in John 7.31, I'm going to be reading through uh, a fair few verses to get us to where we left off. But it says, and many of the people believed in him. 
I want you to notice that many of the people believed in him. He has been saying things and it has been touching their hearts. It has been resonating on the inside of them and they're believing. Are you all here? And so it says, and many people, many of the people believed in him and said, when the Christ comes, will he do more signs than these? Which this man has done. <laughs> See that? That was a... That was a nail in the coffin of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all them religious fellows right now that are opposing him. They're going, what more do we want? What else is there? <laughs> okay. And so verse 32, the Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things concerning him. And the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. That's the way they respond to this. It's, no, it's nothing like, oh, our Messiah is here. It's like, kill him, get rid of him. Verse 33, it says, And then Jesus said to them, I shall be with you a little while longer, and then I go to him who sent me. Verse 34, You will seek me and not find me, and where I am, you cannot come. Remember again, that was a very sad statement, because he is literally saying to them, where I'm going, the way you are, you're, no, you're never going to get there. In your rejection of me, you're not going to get there. Are you all here? Amen? So verse 35, then the Jews said among themselves, it's just not getting it. Where does he intend to go that we shall not find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion, dispersion excuse me, among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? Wow! Verse 36, what is this thing that he said? You will seek me and not find, find me, and where I am you cannot come. Verse 37, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So that is the key moment where he stands up and does this. Amen? And so, let me just turn the page. We're getting there. 38, it says, he who And he says, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So I want you to notice two things. Jesus says, first of all, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink. But he says, when you drink from me, something interesting will happen. And that is, not only will, you, will your thirst be quenched, your thirst for righteousness, your thirst for God, okay? But out of you will start flowing rivers of living water. You will not only receive what you need, but you will become a blessing to everybody around you. Amen? Verse 39. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now we talked about this before, that his glorification was him returning to the right hand of the Father. Also, the, what they're talking about with the, regard to the Holy Spirit, remember again, the Holy Spirit has been here the whole time. Remember John, you know, they le leaped in his mother's womb when they came together. Remember Marian? So the Holy Spirit has been at work, but it hasn't been given in the full measure. It hasn't come down like it talks about in Acts. When the day of Pentecost has fully come. Are you all here? It, it, it wasn't there yet. Okay, and so once that happened, something miraculous, something supernatural, something unexpected to all the religious leaders happened. They were trying to squash some little movement, and here came God. <laughs> and just crashed their party. And they started talking in languages that, you know, it's really interesting the tongues that they talk about. And I need to be careful, I need to get through all this. But it's interesting they talk about the tongues. There are so many kinds of tongues, but the ones that they needed at the time was for everybody to understand. At one point in time, everybody needed to understand what they said. It wasn't just one tongue for one group of people. It was one tongue for everybody. Because it said they all heard them speak in their own language. 
I have heard people that have, you know, uh, preached in tongues, and it has been exactly the language of the people they were talking to, one language. All right? And so they all understood the message. Right? Praise God. They didn't need an interpreter. They just uh, stood up there and spoke in tongues, and everybody got saved. No, seriously. <laughs> okay? But this wasn't that either. This was something even more than that. This was a reverse of the Tower of Babel. This was a time when they spoke and every, the, the language barrier was gone. And they said, how come, how is it that we are hearing them in our own language? Wow, that was that. Yeah. Anyway, moving on, that's not today. Oh, look, Acts 2 4. <laughs> and it's, yeah, I've been there. All right, let's move on. Verse 40. It says, therefore, many of the crowd, many from the crowd, excuse me, when they heard this saying, said, truly, this is the prophet. Now, when, now wait here, okay? I'll slow down a little bit. Well, just a little bit, okay? The prophet they're talking about is in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15, where Moses speaks about the prophet that was coming. He was, he was prophesying over the Messiah, all right? And he says, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet with a capital P, like me, from your midst, from your brethren, him you shall hear. And what are the religious leaders doing? Not hearing. <laughs> they keep saying, you know, we are following the law of Moses, and yet they don't listen to Moses. That's what Jesus is going to say. You say you come from Moses, but you're not doing anything he would do. Okay. Verse 43. No, wait, verse 41. I forgot verse. Yeah. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, will the Christ come out of Galilee? <laughs> verse 42. Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the seed of David and from the town of Bethlehem where David was? I really like William McDonald here. He says, if they had just taken the trouble to inquire, they would have found out that Jesus was born in Bethlehem and he was a direct descendant of David through Mary. Boy, he fulfilled all the prophecies, but they didn't want to go check it out. You know, we're so quick to judge, aren't we? I don't mean we, but you know, I'm talking in the general we, okay? Not anybody here, I pray. But you know, people are so quick to judge things. They see something and straight away they're judging it. Without knowledge, <laughs> okay? And is, this, is, this is happening right now. Verse 43, it says, So there was a division among the people because of him. Now, you know, it's still the same today. People are still divided about who Christ is. You know, so <laughs> somebody said, I believe in all the religions. And, you know, this in individual was speaking to them, said, well, do you believe in Jesus? Oh, absolutely. Do you believe that, you know, he, he, he was God's son come in the flesh to save us? Oh, I wouldn't go that far. And he turned around and said, if you don't, <laughs> you're not going at all then. <laughs> okay, it's through the confession of the Lord Jesus that you get to heaven. You need to know that he wasn't just a good man. He was God. Amen? And this is the whole point of this gospel. Over and over again, he's reiterating that one point, that this was God in the flesh. This was everything that we needed come down in the flesh. Amen? So, there's division among. Okay, so verse 44. <laughs> now, some of them wanted to take him, but no one laid, laid hands on him. All right, now, remember the guards that were dispatched? Yeah. That's right. 
You know, I was back in somewhere, one of the verses, I don't know, where was it? Verse 32, all right? Remember the, 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 the chief priest said, go and get, get, you know, hang around, wait for an opportune time. We don't want a riot, okay? So because he's so popular, everybody's listening to him. So we need to wait for that time when everybody goes for a lunch break or something, okay? <laughs> when there's nobody around, nab him. But something very interesting happens. Those guards stand there and they listen. And I told you something about them before. What was it? That they were from the tribe of Levite. Okay, they were priestly tribe. So they weren't just thugs. I have a quote that will say all of this, but let me just share this with you really quickly. All right, they weren't just thugs. These were people that were trained in things of God. And so they're standing there. They're listening and something is going on. So let's read in verse 45. Then the officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees, uh, John 7, 45, who said to them, why have you not brought him? Because <laughs> they're going, you came empty-handed. All right? And so, <laughs> the officers answered, Watch, listen to what the officers said. No man ever spoke like this man. The literal text says this. Never did one who was no more than a man speak like this. I like that said, we've never heard this. We've heard a lot of people, remember? You know, they're probably listening to all the, you know, uh, rabbis carry on with their sermons and probably trying to stay awake. Yeah. They go listen to him. They're here to arrest him. And they're going, this guy's good. Yeah. For once, I'm not falling asleep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> For once, it's making sense. Yeah. Hello. All right. <laughs> uh, I got to read some commentaries. Leon Morris points out, it is curious that the officers do not mention the crowd. The, hus the hostility of a section of which was presumably, presumably a big factor in their failure to make the arrest. They simply tell the effect of Jesus' words on them and let it go at that. I love that. This must have taken some courage since they must have known that it would expose them to the rebuke and disciplinary action of the Sanhedrin. But the fact was that they had all been deeply impressed by Jesus, and they said so. No excuses. No, like, well, we tried, and, but then there was a crowd, and then we tried to move in, and then there suddenly was another little crowd. They didn't say any of that stuff. They said, nobody spoke like this. You guys don't speak like this. That's what they're saying. No, for all the time we've been in the temple, we never heard this from you. This guy actually knows his stuff. <laughs> right? D.A. Carson says their problem lay partly in the fact, I, I mentioned this before, but let me just read it to you. They were not brutal thugs, mercenaries trained to perform any barbarous act provided the pay was right. They were themselves drawn from the Levites. They were religiously trained and could feel themselves torn apart at the deepest level of their being by the same deeds and words of Jesus that were tearing apart the population at large. People were being divided. Remember again? They're starting to believe. Half are believing, half are not. It's starting to cause a division. All right. So, <laughs> this is the last thing these religious leaders wanted to hear. They're thinking this. How can an uneducated carpenter from Galilee minister the word of God in the way they, you know, in the way he's ministering, far exceeding anything they ever did. 
That's what they think. It is annoying them to no end. And so verse 47, then the Pharisees answered them, are you also deceived? Wow. Didn't ask what they heard. Are you seeing something here? They don't want to know. You know, somebody came and said, you, you, you can't believe what the guy said. The first question would be, what did he say? What is it that have changed you? Are we missing something? Do you see that missing in here? Do you see how they just turned at them and just throw this out of them and said, what, are you deceived too? Didn't want to know what they were deceived by. Obviously, they had shut themselves off, did not want to know anything that was going on, and there was their Messiah, who they claimed that they were doing everything to honor in their rituals and everything else, when in fact, it was nothing like that. They were doing religious things, but God wasn't in their heart. Verse 48, have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? Uh, can you think of one person? I can think of two. I will give you scripture. Let's go there. John chapter 3. <laughs> okay. John chapter 3. So here's the question. The question is being asked. Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? John chapter 3, verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Right. You all see the words Pharisee and ruler in there? That's right. yeah. Get this now? Yeah. And he said, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know, we know, we don't think we know. Okay, he says, we know that you are a teacher from God. For no one can do these signs uh, that you do unless God is with him. So there's one dude. Can we find another one? Go to Mark chapter 5. I'm going to show you this, man. I mean, you know, can you see the stupidity of what is going on here? These people don't want to know anything. They are just barking out at everybody. And they're, they're making comments that are lies. They're false. But what's different to what they've been doing up to now? Huh? They've been lying. They've had murder in their heart. They don't care. It's, it's all, this is jeopardizing their lifestyle. The Messiah can't come now. We're making too much of a profit. Hello. And we're the central, you know, figure in everything. We get to sit at the front, wherever, you know, whenever something is on. We like to dress in our little phylacteries and put all our little things on and look all groovy. And have everybody go, oh, great priest, great priest. Matthew, of course, said... Bunch of hypocrites. <laughs> Rip, no, anyway. So, <laughs> he's a tax collector. Probably ripped him off, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, anyway. Uh, uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 22. We'll strike that from the record. Mark 5, 22. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue. Do you see the word rulers? Yeah. You getting this? Came, came, uh, came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And begged him earnestly. This doesn't sound like a person that doesn't believe in him. Huh? Remember he said, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her that she may he be healed and live. And what happened? She lived. If you are a parent, you know that you don't forget things like this. No matter how stupid the hierarchy is, this was personal. 
This wasn't about some little, oh, we don't believe in this doctrine or that doctrine. The guy say, literally brought his daughter back from the dead. So it's like, <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> Two things. Not only was somebody brought back from the dead, but it was his daughter. As far as I'm concerned, Jairus was, you know, Jairus had a stick. He would have been beating these people up <laughs> for Jesus, going, I'm doing this in the name of God. <laughs> okay, whatever. It was just ridiculous. So their statements are all lies. Are you getting this? That's why I said, you know, please be careful. Just because somebody says something doesn't mean it's true. People get so nervous about those, those you know, verses in uh, Matthew, I believe, that talk about, you know, people will come up and say, we did all this stuff in your name, and he'll go, I never knew you. And they, everybody freaks out over it. And they kind of go, oh, we could be doing all this in God's name. And then we get there and he goes, who are you? Oh, no. <laughs> you know? But you don't ever see people say a lot of things. Jesus said, you workers of iniquity, get away. Which means if they were doing miracles, it's not an iniquity. That's a good thing. But if it wasn't that, if what they said and what they did were two different things... Are you all here? Who are you going to believe? I like to believe Jesus. I don't know about you. Uh, you know, his uh, credibility is... Uh, theirs is down here. So anyway, because they lie. People lie constantly to get away with things. Be careful because God knows. Okay. Where was I? Oh, okay, here. Back to... Uh, John twelve forty two. I want to take you there very quickly as well. In this very chapter, in chapter 12, it actually says this in verse 42. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Isn't that sad? They believed but wouldn't say it publicly because of this. Because of people like this. Arkent Hughes says that this type of disgraceful and intimidating behavior was not uncommon among these kind of men. And with regard to their treatment of the temple gods, that the rabbinical law records, uh, records this type of snobbery many times. So the way they treated those gods wasn't anything unusual. Isn't that sad? We are meant to be the pinnacle of character and love and everything else, and these people are the exact opposite. William McDonald writes, It was very much to their shame that leading men in the Jewish nation had failed to recognize the Messiah when he came. These Pharisees were not only unwilling to believe on the Lord Jesus themselves, but it was clear that they did not want others to believe on him either. So it is today. Listen, listen. Many who do not want to be saved themselves do everything in their power to prevent their relatives and friends from being saved also. Isn't that sad? I have seen that. People just go, oh, get away from here. You know, we don't want to hear any of this stuff. And you can see people looking back. And their blood is going to be on their hands. Off to verse 49. All right. My leading statement was, with scorn and disdain, <laughs> these Pharisees who see their power slipping away from them, then go to attack the masses and say about them. So they've finished with the gods. He's gone off to the masses now. Verse 49 says, But this crowd does not know the law is accursed. 
Isn't that amazing? That's how they, that's how they are reacting. Going, these people don't know what they're talking about. They're all cursed. Wow. So in other words, their argument was that if these people really knew anything at all about the scriptures, they would know without a doubt that Jesus was not the Messiah. That's what they're thinking. With William MacDonald adding that these Pharisees could not have been more wrong. Wow. And so in total contradiction to what the religious leaders had so presumptuously and arrogantly claimed in verse 48... Remember again, have any? Remember, remember these words again. They said, have any of the rulers of the, or the Pharisees believed in him? From within their own ranks now, watch. With the words still ringing in these God's ears, one of their own speaks up. Yep, he's there. Verse 50, Nicodemus. You know the dude that went to Jesus by night? Okay, <laughs> okay. I like it saying being one of them. Within their own midst, somebody's rising up. They said, none of us believe, and one of their own stands up. Verse 51, this is, this is very clever. I really need you to understand. People have said things about Nicodemus regarding this. I was a little bit unkind, you know, that maybe he didn't have the guts to blah, 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 blah. But Nicodemus is very smart. You can do more from the inside than from the outside. Some days you need to be careful and you need to be watchful about what you say. Yeah, but I'm, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Nicodemus is about to prove this now. Because remember, they were, it, it, we found out that people didn't want to confess him because they get thrown out. He yeah. get thrown out and that's the end of that. Are you all with me? So Nicodemus is very clever, and so he does this. He, verse 51, does our law judge a man? Notice it doesn't, he doesn't say, I believe in Jesus. <gasps> He's Lord. Because they said, if you're ashamed of me and won't confess me among men, I won't confess you before God. So I have to confess now, open my mouth, really huge, and say, I believe in Jesus, and get thrown out. Some people like persecution. I don't know what's up with them. Don't be stupid. You know, watch what he does. He turns back on them. And he says, does our law judge a man before it hears him? And knows what he is doing? Which is exactly what the problem was. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't want to know. They didn't want to know. They didn't want to see. They were blind. They were deaf. They had no idea. Because they wanted to be. There were so many things showing up. You know, a, a, a guy that has been lame for 38 years gets up and walks off. Something is happening. People coming from the dead, something back from the dead, something is going on. And it's not some foreign religion. It's yours, dopey. You know, <laughs> what's the problem here? Are you all with me? These people have no excuse. When they go to hell, it'll be, you had every opportunity. Everything was right in front of you, and instead of looking at it, marveling and receiving, you rejected it, criticized it, and tried to get rid of it. Right in front of you. Anyway, in his commentary, Leon Morris says, they condemned the multitude for not knowing the law, and Nicodemus, <laughs> Nicodemus immediately puts his finger on their own disregard for the law. He reminds them that according to their law, the accused must be first be heard in person. 
the judges must know or find out what he does. The implication is clear that these judges do not really know what Jesus does. Nicodemus is of the opinion that they ought not to give sentence until they do. Remember, they're trying to murder him. Okay. So, <laughs> so he points out a technicality, gets him on a technicality here in their own law. <clears throat> but the Sanhedrin is in no mood for legal niceties. Niceties. I said that right? Okay. Neither were they really interested in the facts. William McDonald raises an excellent point when he writes, they were afraid, oh, excuse me, he says, were they afraid of the facts? The answer was obviously that they were. And so it says in verse 52, they answered and said to him, are you also from Galilee? Can you believe these people? One of their own turns around and says, I think we're doing the wrong thing. What, are you from Galilee? Not, oh, yeah, you're right, our Lord does say that. No, 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 let's go right over that again. We don't want to hear what he said. We don't want to regard our own laws. Let's just get nasty with everybody. Because, bless God, you don't believe like we do. We're upset. That's about it, <laughs> okay? And he says, are you also from Galilee? Search and look, for no prophet has risen out of Galilee. Wrong. Do you know that's wrong? In their own writings... Jonah came from Galilee. In their own writings, Nahum came from Galilee. So they are lying, they're stupid. All the things they accuse the masses of, they are. Hmm? It seems like the masses see more than the Pharisees. Sees. Yeah, if you got it, great. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> Verse 53 ends the chapter. And he says, everyone went to his own house. We're going to finish there today. <clears throat> Father, I just thank you for all the things that we've learned to this point in the Gospel of John. I pray for anybody that is watching these that they receive insight. And Father, just a confirmation that Jesus is God. And I just thank you, Lord. That the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And for anybody that's watching, Father, I just thank you that they make that confession right now. If they're looking, they have found. And they receive Jesus Christ as Lord right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>